everyone doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wake Up to the Word. This is, oh, I'm far away here. Let me get this mic over here. It is New Testament Friday. We've got an exciting Friday episode for you. Been doing a little bit of reading here for you and uh, trying to get this all together. So you're going to have two links in uh, Jeff's uh, stack of stuff. So um, we're so glad that you have joined us. I know that's going to bring cheers. It is Friday. So we are excited. I'm going to sneeze. I don't know. Here it comes. There you go. I didn't sneeze on you, but that may happen again. Sometimes when I sneeze, it uh, just keeps happening. So we're still brought to you by Barky's RV Rentals. And you can uh, look that up at www.barkysrv.com. So um, this is episode 84 on Friday October 20th, so our coffee is called Big Bang. That was the same coffee as yesterday. I couldn't remember the name. Big Bang. It's a medium roast Pete's coffee. Big Bang. Awesome stuff for anyone who even cares about that. I'll be back. Yeah, Arnold. Arnold, It's the beginning now. You don't need to say that at, at this point. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It wasn't that funny. So, all right. But our reading uh, for today is uh, here in our Bible reading plan is John 18 and 19. And we got some cool stuff for you. Some of it is repeating some of the things that we've already done. So uh, we're not going to get into that, but we will spend some time on a few things. I have some links for you to go to. I'll, I'll be working from that and they will be on Jeff's stack of stuff so uh uh be prepared to go looking um got a couple articles one of them's really long and detailed so it may not i'll give you some highlights uh go check it out if you want uh for those who like to dig a little deeper one of them is a little shorter a different topic and uh uh, but we'll bring that all up as we flow through. So starting at 18, betrayal of Jesus. And this is in the Garden of Gethsemane. When all the soldiers come, Judas leads them in. This uh, excerpt in John has some unique differences, which I think are very cool. Uh, let me make sure we're still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. And um, so uh, I got my glasses. And... Um, they bring everyone in, and uh, here's a little thing that happens. Uh, I'll start at 5, 18.5. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. They're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Sorry, I should have started earlier. Um, uh, I'll start at 4. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now that's unique. That's unique here. It's it's not in the other places. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. So it seems that what's not written here is that they kind of surrounded them and uh, were going to take them all. 
And so Jesus uh, didn't want that to happen. So they, they drew back and they fell down. And then Jesus told them is that, uh, and, and so this was to fulfill the word that he spoke of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest serving and cutting off his ear. Now we have the cutting off, but it gives his name too. Uh, the servant's name was Malchus. Hey, Malchus, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll call him uh, Left Ear. Uh, oh, yeah, Left Ear, because he only has a Left Ear. And Jesus said to Peter, uh, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup of what the Father has given me? So he's um, he's talking to Peter again uh, for doing something that he shouldn't do again. And uh, so Peter's, uh, you know, he's full of vim and vigor and wants to... Uh, he, he's he's in it so but this doesn't have the healing part of it which is interesting um so doesn't mean it's wrong just means it doesn't have that information uh so the band of soldiers uh they they take him to uh they let him to annas's house and uh for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest. So Caiaphas is a high priest. He's Jewish. Um, he advises the Jews. And uh, uh, he says, it was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. It's that kind of talk. It's better for one man to die or for everyone or many to die. So uh, the fear was, and just so you understand the real fear there, is if there's an uprising around Jesus, the Romans are going to come in and kill everybody who uprises. They're going to come kill them all. And so the logic is, isn't it better we just surrender the one guy and one guy dies rather than thousands die? So um, you could probably understand that logic had this not been involving this Messiah, of course, but Jesus knew that this is what had to happen. Um, so Peter then denies Jesus again the first time. Now this one spreads it out a little, gives it a couple of episodes, and then uh, the high priest questions Jesus after that. And... Uh, and and I, I love Jesus uh, poking at Caiaphas here. He says, uh, Jesus answers him. He says, what if I, uh, if what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? And, uh, and then, uh, then, oh, that was Annas. He said that too. And then he sends him to Caiaphas's house. And then, uh, so Peter this denies a second time, and of course we know uh, the rooster crows, and uh, yeah, we've done that every time we've we've gotten to that. So, um, but the cool thing in the denial is that uh, uh, questions Peter. He denied it uh, with someone here. Uh, I'll just read the. It's really short, twenty-five through twenty-seven. Now Simon Peter was standing and, and warming himself, so they said to him, uh, you also are not one of the disciples, are you? And he denied it and said, I am not. And, and one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter again denied it, and, and then the rooster crowed. Um, but the 
But the boy, news travels fast. Uh, this guy is a relative of the guy who got an ear cut off. And Peter's the guy who cut the ear off. You'd think there might even still be blood on his, <laughs> on his hand. But but I don't know about that. That's a that's an assumption on my part. Um, but, yeah, the new, news gets around, man. The guy cut my ear off, and, and, and Jesus put it back on. So um, this cool stuff. Um, so then Jesus comes before Pilate. Um, it was... Uh, uh, Early in the morning, so there, there, there's some things. Would, would the countdown here on time is coming up, and this is important. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So they they didn't enter. Uh, then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters, and it was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters. Um, so it's... It's uh, the Jews didn't enter the governor's headquarters because it's unclean in there. That they, they're Roman, and uh, Caiaphas is is a Jewish uh, high priest. So um, now they haven't eaten the Passover yet. Now you notice that Jesus has and the disciples have already eaten the Passover, but they have not, because the Passover started at sundown the previous night. Uh, the previous, for us, the previous day, it started at sundown. They ate the Passover right away. Traditionally, people ate the Passover afternoon on the second part of Passover, the daytime of Passover. Jesus had it in the evening, which was not traditional, but was within the law because Passover started at sundown. So, uh, Pilate, Pilate, uh, okay, Pilate said to them, take him, this is verse 31 of chapter 18, uh, Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death because they're already in this cycle. This was the Passover cycle and the Sabbath days and the preparation days. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken by the kind of death he was going to die. When you, when you uh, violate the law, particularly this blasphemy law, when you violate the law, Jewish law, what is the form of punishment that you get? It's it's stoning. You get stoned. That is not what was prophesied about Jesus in the Old Testament, that the Messiah would die from crucifixion. And when it was prophesied in the Old Testament, it didn't exist yet. The Roman Empire didn't exist yet. And so Roman law crucifies people. Jewish law stones people. So the Jews couldn't kill him according to their own laws, obviously because of the timing of everything. And this, when you look at all of this, the setting up of the timing, the setting up of the, the mode of death, the setting up of the prophecy, uh, you have to calculate this all the way back to the Passover of Egypt when when God implemented all of these sacred days, all of the Passover days and the preparation days and the Sabbath days, that 
for this to fall into this place, it had to be prepared ahead of time, or else Jesus would have just been stoned according to the law. But for him to fall under Roman death, and for them to be part of this, killing their own Messiah, this all had to be implemented. You can't say that God was not involved in this when you look at everything that had to occur in exactly the precise moment, in exactly the precise time, in exactly the right fulfillment of prophecy. When the Bible says, in the, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a virgin, under the law, it was the fullness of time. Everything, all the dials had to be set to exactly the perfect increments for all of these things to take place exactly the way prophecy had fulfilled. It, it, it blows me away every time I come across these things. And that's why I love to share them. Um, and then again, we come through, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. Great part of scripture here. Uh, Pilate says to him, this is verse 37 of 18, so you are a king. And Jesus said, you say that I'm a king. Uh, For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And then he says those famous words, I find no guilt in him. Uh, but you have a custom, I should release one man at the Passover. So we get back into the Barabbas thing, which we've talked about already a couple of times. This is a rerun, uh, a, another version, uh, an additional uh, account of that. So Jesus delivered to be crucified, and we come through that portion of Scripture. Uh, from then on, Pilate, this is verse uh, chapter 19, he gets, he gets uh, whipped, he gets flogged. Uh, lots of blood. They get the purple robe. They hang the sign on him. He's the king of the Jews. We've talked about that. And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they they cried, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" We went through all of that trial. Um, so, verse twelve. Uh, from then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you are not of Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement in the Aramaic Gabbatha. Now, this is interesting. This is important. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. All right. Now I read this, and this sent me into a little bit of a a conundrum. Um, It was the phrase, the very short sentence, it was about, the sixth hour. Now, the sixth hour is noon, okay? And uh, that timeline causes a problem. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. That causes a problem because now it's noon, which is uh, essentially, um, it's not technically... 
it's it's Passover. It's the day of Passover. It's not the, the day of preparation. It's not the time for preparation. It's it's uh, it's it's Passover. And so Jesus has already celebrated Passover uh, the night before, and now it's almost uh, sixth hour. Says it's noon. So this is where I do have something in Jeff's stack of stuff. Um, because this uh, conflicts a little with some of the other timelines. So after doing quite a bit of research, there are several possibilities here. Um, (coughs) (coughs) Sorry about that. I didn't get to the cough button. Uh, Several possibilities of things happening here. Now, John writes uh, very late, in his uh, uh, Gospels, both this Gospel account and uh, the book of Revelation, um, he writes very late. He lived the longest, and his writings are a little later. So um, that doesn't mean anything here or there except for time calculations. So one possibility is that it is a textual variant, um, that someone wrote the number six uh, or someone wrote the number three, third hour. Third hour is the other Gospels say that when this happened, third hour. That is um, in the morning. That's that's uh, early in the morning, um, 9 a.m. So um, not not noon. So um, so that lines up with what the other Gospels say. So the sixth hour is kind of an anomaly. Uh, and so we're trying to figure out why it says sixth hour. One of them is that someone transcribed it incorrectly, and it was a three, and they wrote a six. And that's the, the numbers are similar when you look at them in numerically, but when they're written out, uh, ecti or triti, they, that's a three and six. They're 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 not all that similar except for the endings. So that is probably not what happened, but it's possible. It is possible. That's part of what's in this article. Um, what I think is more p- probable is that John was using uh, a different time gauge than... Uh, he wasn't using a Jewish time gauge. He was using a Roman time gauge. Um, I think this is more probable. There's, 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 there's other ev- evidence for that as well. Um, and so the sixth hour... Uh, would have been um, calculating from midnight to noon as opposed to 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for day and night like the Jews do. So uh, the sixth hour uh, from midnight would have been 6 a.m. as opposed to the... um, third hour uh which would have been 9 a.m so um we and and so that's that's what they they're thinking that it was he was using uh asian uh time for the day and i'm gonna i'm gonna line up the uh 
the uh, the article for you because it goes into great detail. It has a little chart on it comparing the different times. This is the only place that um, has this kind of a there's there's one other well it conflicts with with Mark so that's the the conflict. Um, but some people would use this as uh, non inerrancy. The problem is is that the the actual events themselves all line up without any issue. Uh, there's uh, the other uh, the other uh, gospels all have the time early in the morning. This also has it early in the morning. Um, <clears throat> the, the And it does say about. So it's not trying to give a specific time. It's trying to give a general time. Though it's very easy to say. These people knew time. They, they knew the sun. That's what they used. And so they understood time. I get that. And, and that's, that's totally uh, a, a valuable debate point. Um, no issue there. Um, but I do believe that uh, it, when you're living in Roman um, Roman province and you're there for a long time and people start counting time, whether you're writing it or not, you're saying the same time, you're using a different calculation. That's not unusual. It's not weird. It does not take from the inerrancy of scripture. The events are still all very much in unison, in harmony. And if there's one little thing, because he wrote it differently, trying to say the same thing, uh, it's like saying I have uh, six eggs or half a dozen eggs. It's not, there's nothing different being said there. Um, it, you're just using different terms, different calculations. So um, that's what's going on here. But I, I wanted to bring it up because it's it's a great point. And uh, if I noticed it, maybe some of you noticed it as well this week. So uh, good stuff. So then we get to the, the crucifixion and uh, Jesus... Um, up uh, Jesus on the cross, and they're dividing his garments. We talked about that. That's in scripture and other places. That's a fulfillment of prophecy. Again, you can't just have, you can't make other people fulfill your prophecy. Um, it's possible to do some things that were prophetic you, to try to make yourself look like you're the Messiah, but to have other people do things as well. It's just, it's just, there's so many things, and this is just one of them out of the 300 plus uh, messianic prophecies that were absolutely and totally fulfilled in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> um, the death of Jesus, uh, since it was the day of preparation, and that's important uh, in our timeline, and as I said before, we're going to do a whole breakdown of the timeline and go through the entire Passion Week and break it all down, give you a chart to go by, because it can be incredibly confusing. Uh, Because most of the time is calculated, uh, night, there was evening and morning. Evening and morning is a day, not morning and evening. So it's hard for us to place our brain in that. So it's sometimes good to have a chart. since it was the day of preparation so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. That's incredibly important. Note that because that's going to be part of our our timeline. Uh, the Jews asked Pilate uh, to, to, uh, that their legs might be broken. And the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first uh, and of the others who had been on the crucified but then they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. 
and who saw it was and and who saw it was born witness the testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth that you may also believe for these things took place that the scriptures may be fulfilled not one of his bones will be broken and again another scripture says they will look on him whom they have pierced so <clears throat> there's important scripture being fulfilled the piercing of his side is a fulfillment of prophecy uh the, the fact that his bones wouldn't get broken fulfillment of prophecy especially when everyone else's were <coughs> but the blood and water uh someone uh in in one of our classes um s said that they had been told or had heard or or surmised i can't remember how she phrased it that jesus uh, didn't have any blood that's why water came out all his blood came out well, th well, this says blood and water, and just to give fairness to it, this type of thing occurs when you have great loss of blood. So in fairness to her assumption or what she considered, Jesus lost a lot of blood. But he didn't lose all his blood, because their blood and water came out. And, and um, so what, uh, this is something else that I put into Jeff's stack of stuff. Um, uh, this is a result of a medical condition called uh, hypovolemic shock. And it's a result of, he got flogged, he got beat uh, with a whip, and he lost tons of blood while that happened and continued to bleed while he was on the cross. So he did lose a lot, a lot of blood. There's no question about that. And so what the heart does is it beats faster and faster, trying to beat blood that does not exist and the body collects fluids, and the fluids come get around the heart and around the lungs. And uh, this is called what is that called? I got a word for that. Um, cardio, cardio. Come on, where's the words? Uh, I can't find it. Um, but it's in the article. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a doctor. And I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so that's pretty funny, don't you think? <laughs> okay, got a mild laugh for that one. Um, so, uh, oh, uh, it's called uh, pericardial in effusion. Pericardial effusion. There you go. Now I sound smart. So um, these things do occur, and so when they pierced him with the sword. What came out was some blood, which was still in his body, and the water, because the heart and the lung sacs were pierced, and the water came out. This is proof of death, because he's done, he, his body is, uh, was under those conditions, this, 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 they knew, Romans knew death, so when they saw the blood in the water, they understand that he's dead, even though they just stabbed him in his lungs and his heart, which would have finished him off anyways. But he was dead. No need to break his bones, which fulfilled the scripture and two parts of scripture. He didn't have his bones and that they looked at him when they pierced him. And so um, whom they looked at him whom they pierced. So they pierced him, fulfilled scripture. His bones weren't broken, fulfilled scripture. And then Jesus was taken and buried and so the very last verse of what we're going to cover today goes back into our timeline so because of the jewish day of preparation since the tomb was close at hand 
they laid Jesus there. So we're still the Jewish day of preparation. Why does this come up again? How many days of preparation are there? What's the deal going on here? So uh, all these questions we will answer when we come to our bonus episode, which we'll do probably early in November when we finish up all of the Gospels um, before we start the book of Acts. So right now, it looks like uh, Acts starts in November uh, 17th, is that's a Friday. So somewhere in between uh, the 10th and the 17th, we will post in November the bonus episode of uh, the Passion Week Timeline. That should be fun. I'm going to enjoy doing that. I might even do it at a special location so I can use a big whiteboard. And you'll know what that location is. So, very awesome that you were with us here on New Testament Friday. So great that you're joining us. We are off next week. We are taking a vacation. We'll try. We will get you two episodes, though. We'll get them pre-recorded and sent out to you. So, uh going to be going on vacation so you won't see us at life coast but i hope that you're at life coast church this weekend and uh enjoying worship with the body of christ in a time of praise praising the lord and getting into his word don't just use the word don't just take in the word use the word we love you guys so much this has been episode 84 have a great weekend